Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. These stories about the illegal aliens flooding into this country, they come out faster than I can keep up with. I've got two headlines for you right here. I've got, this is from Newsweek. And if anyone remembers, there was a few weeks ago how we got a call from somebody who was very angry about the way he was framing this crisis and actually thought, which we've heard a long time now, Jerry, for for almost years at this point, that there isn't a problem. It's just Republicans weaponizing the issue. And and Biden talked about that today. It's actually all Trump's fault that the border is in the shape that it's in. Strangely enough, though, when Trump was in charge, the border was a lot more in control than it is now. And yet he seems to have more power from beyond the White House. He's able to do more damage from beyond. And so Biden's blaming Donald Trump. But this caller, and I don't know if anyone out there remembers this, was very upset and had that voice we always talk about, Jared, where you know when someone calls in that they're about to be a moon bat. They're slowly revealing themselves to be a moon bat because it's this confidence and this weird, maniacal anger that comes out in the call. And this guy said, he's like, I don't know why you keep saying this about illegal aliens getting all these benefits. They can't apply for food stamps or they can't apply for assistance. They're not allowed to. It's illegal for them to have EBT cards or to be on SNAP. And what I appreciated about the call was that typically, well, not typically, but sometimes how he gets angry when people call up and he disagrees with them. But this guy was so absurd. Like the entire concept that he was proposing was so ludicrous that how he just goes, okay, well, thanks for the call. Like, that's just not true. That's just not true. And in fact, today I have this headline from Newsweek. It says, migrants, I'm going to change it and do a little edit here to the headline. Illegal aliens' monthly payments are higher than New Yorkers' SNAP benefits. Hundreds of migrant families in New York City will be getting more money than the city's low-income residents do from SNAP benefits. The city is launching a new pilot program that will hand out prepaid debit cards to 500 migrant families with children, Mayor Eric Adams' office announced on Monday. Um, And it says that it's $53 million in prepaid debit cards to New York City's illegal aliens. And um, if you are assaulting police officers... Make sure you plan to get those prepaid debit cards before or after. Either before you assault the officer or after you get released from from jail moments later, hours afterwards. But yeah, this is what's happening. And meanwhile, you, you have Joe Biden going out to the American people. And of course, he has no idea what he's saying. But the people pulling the puppet strings are telling him to go out there and blame Donald Trump. And listen, I know that there's a lot of low-info voters out there. But if you look at it and just think, was this happening when Trump was president? 
And in fact, one of my callers today said when Trump was president, oh, I'm sorry, it was John Davidson, not a caller, a guest. John Daniel Davidson said when Trump was president, there was a surge at the border at one point, and it was nothing compared to what we're seeing now. And all of these same people who who are either completely silent or blaming Donald Trump, all of these same people were up in arms, white jumpsuits on, red lipstick, smacking on there, get to the border, cry, make a scene, bring your photographers, Julia Roberts, all these celebrities moaning and groaning about, oh, it's just not right. Something needs to be done. Now they say nothing. Or all they can do is blame the last guy. And I mentioned this the other day to voters out there and to people who might be on the fence, which if you're on the fence, God help you right there. God help you. I mean, you got to figure it out. Uh, There's only so much I can do. But I did mention that whether Trump is elected or not, he's the focal point of everything for the media and for the Democrats. They blame him for everything four years later. Everything that reversing, for some reason, Jared, they came in, they reversed all of his policies. Everything went to hell and that's his fault. They reversed everything he set into motion. And then after reversing it, everything fell apart and they go, well, it's, it's Trump's fault. But you reversed all his policies. You were so proud of that. You, you spent the first couple of months bragging about how you undid all of the horribleness of the Trump administration. And now by undoing all of that, we have chaos. And that's his fault as well. But what I will tell you is whether he's elected in the election in November or not, he's going to get blamed for everything. They're going to obsess about his uh, truth socials. They're going to obsess about his trials. They're going to obsess about this guy for the rest of his life. So my argument to you is... If the media is going to be obsessed with this man, and if the world is going to revolve around him either way, wouldn't you rather it revolve around him and have his policies in place? Wouldn't you rather them be obsessed with Trump and at least he's president so the world is running a little bit more smoothly? Otherwise, we're not even getting any of the benefits of it. Like they're still blaming, they're still acting like this dude's in charge, but everything's falling apart. At least the last time... They could get themselves revved up into a tizzy, but he was president. So the economy was doing well. Everything was running smoother. That's just the argument that I would make to you. I want to play this cut of Joe Biden because, like I said, he's blaming Trump. He's, you know, he's pushing this ridiculous narrative. But one thing he did say was he wants you to check out his outfit. He he wants he's doing a fit check while he's at the podium. Can I have uh, this is Joe Biden. Jared, this is cut nine, please. This bill would also address two other important priorities. First, it provides urgent funding for Ukraine. I'm wearing my Ukraine tie, my Ukraine pin, which I've been wearing because they're, they're in dire straits right now defending themselves against a Russian onslaught. A brutal conquest. Well, thank God you're wearing the tie. And the Ukraine enamel pin that was slightly covering the American enamel pin that he had on his yeah, well, He wants everyone to know his priorities, Jared. Absolutely. And I just want to mention one other thing, because we're talking about how Biden wants you to believe the two things, like two very opposite things are true at the same time. And my example of that is there's no crisis at the border. He's had he's done the best job securing the border. But at the same time, he needs all this billions of dollars for Ukraine in order to secure the border. 
That's an argument he's making. Now, Senator Bernie Sanders is making a different argument. Senator Bernie Sanders is trying to convince the audience at Late Night with Seth Meyers that the economy is doing well, but you need to vote for Joe Biden because a lot of people are still living paycheck to paycheck. Make that one make sense. This is cut six. Look, this country faces enormous problems today, and we all know what they are. We're talking about income and wealth inequality. We're talking about 60 percent of workers living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, we're talking about. Pause it right there. Six percent of people living paycheck to paycheck. We're facing all these problems, which I was told that you guys were going to fix all these problems. And the weird thing is, as far as I can see, you've only created these problems. So that's part of where my confusion lies. But he says 60% of workers are living paycheck to paycheck. And before he even really gets out another blah, 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 he says, cut seven. The economy, as you've indicated, is really doing well. Unemployment, extremely Wait, low. Well, hold on, We're hold creating a whole... The economy is doing well. How can all these things make sense? There's all these problems. People are living paycheck to paycheck, but you should vote for Joe Biden because we need more of it. We need more cowbell to fix the situation because the economy is doing so well. That's why. Is that why everyone's living paycheck to paycheck? They just what, what is it, Jared? They just like the uh, the thrill, the risk. They just they just need something like that in their lives. They want to live paycheck to paycheck. Is that what this is? And lastly, this is a cut I really want to get in here before we go. This is Mayor, Chicago Mayor, Brandon Johnson. Now, keep in mind, the people of Chicago, the residents of Chicago, they got tired of the insanity that was constantly brewing in the Windy City. So they decided to kick Lori Lightfoot out for being a radical leftist. And they brought in Brandon Johnson, who's arguably more progressive than Lori Lightfoot. And that's Chicago in a nutshell. There's no sanity that's prevailing in Chicago. And so one of the reporters had the audacity to ask Brandon Johnson, and if I find out this reporter is a white person, that's going to make it even worse, had the audacity to ask Brandon Johnson, since he's you know proposing all these migrant cities in Chicago, if he has any plans to visit the border. And this response is a thing of beauty. Can I have cut 10, please? I have children who attend schools who have soccer games, y'all. You know, you all are asking me as if I'm not a parent in this city. I get it. I'm mayor. I get it. But you're asking me to give you a date. And I have to court. Do you understand that you have not had a mayor like me? I get that. I have a wife. I have children. They have schedules. And plus, we still have public safety that we have to address. We still have the unhoused that we have to address. I still have a budget that I have to address. And I'm doing all of that with a black wife raising three black children on the west side of the city of Chicago. I am going to the border as soon as possible. I have so many questions. One is who forced him to take this job? That's my first question. Who unfairly forced Brandon Johnson to run for mayor? Because he clearly has no interest. He's clearly upset that this is the hand he's been dealt that he's forced to be mayor of Chicago. The second one is, I'm glad to know he gets it. He keeps telling us he gets it. He gets that he's mayor, which is great. That's We're off to a really good start. The third is the unhoused. Is that the new word for homeless? Is that what we're doing now? Is that more politically correct? I think that in this case, it refers to the migrants oh, that okay, are flooding okay. the city. Got it, got it, got it. Not, got not it. American unhoused. And fourth... I just want to apologize to Brandon Johnson because I didn't realize when he was elected as mayor of Chicago that 
we were dealing with a historic election. If I had known that he was the first mayor ever to have children and a spouse at the time of taking his job, I would have given him a lot more leeway. I would have, I wouldn't have judged so harshly. I had no idea that he's married and has kids. And here I am thinking he should be doing a better job. Little did I know the weight of the world on that man's shoulders. Does he really think that there's no other elected officials who have families? Like he's really, he's really saying that like it sets him apart. I have soccer games. You couldn't get away with this in any other job. Like forget being mayor. If you were in any job and you didn't do your job or people had criticisms for you and you came in and you said, I'm married and I have kids. Okay. And I get it. I get that you wanted me, that you wanted me to finish the project. Okay. I get it. I get it. But I have soccer games. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Never mind. Clear your schedule. Forget it. You know what? It's our fault, Jared. It's our fault. I should take the blame for this one. I didn't realize. 844-500-4242. When we come back, we're going to talk to Toby Leary about all things Second Amendment, so you can get on the line now. It's 844-500-4242. Again, that's 844-500-4242. Before we go to break, though, I wanted to remind you guys about one of my favorite products, and I've been hearing back from the listeners. Actually, last week we had a call from Candace. And she called in and she told us a story. She said she bought the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. She had two of them. And she was so crazy about it. She loved it. She thought it was working and it was doing great. And her husband, every time she'd bring it up, he would kind of roll her eyes. Because, and I get why he'd roll his eyes. It sounds too good to be true. It's like, oh yeah, you got this device. It doesn't make any noise. It doesn't take up any space. It's quiet. It's easy to use. And you think it's clearing out all the smells in the room? Come on, Candace. Get real. But then they got their furnace cleaned and serviced. And she said there was that oil smell in the air. And her husband was cranky about the oil smell. And she said, let me plug in the thunderstorms. And you can see it working. You can, you can witness it for yourself. And then you know what she did, Jared? She converted her husband. We had another believer on our hands. Because that's how great these products are. You plug them in. They don't take up any space. They don't cause you any sort of headaches. Like you don't have to worry about wires and all these things. They just work work. They eliminate odors, whether it be tobacco, oil smells from your furnace, whether it be pet odors, any sort of funky smells, they're going to purify the air. They're not going to cover up the smells. They're going to purify the air and it's going to get rid of it all. Whether it's tobacco, pet, food, you name it, it's got it covered. Another reason to love this device It's small, it's compact, you can hold it in your hand. And this is the three-pack special. So Candace, the only thing can the only place that Candace went wrong is she only got two. The three-pack special is the way to go. With the three-pack special, you can use one in your kitchen, your office, or even in your car. Here's what I want you to do. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, use code Grace3. That's EdenPureDeals.com, code Grace and the number three. And husbands, when your wife brings this home and she's raving about it, if you roll your eyes. You're going to be proven wrong. You're going to be sorry about that. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, code GRACE, and the number three, and we will be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show.
This is the Grace Curley Show. And I knew all of my life that someday it would end. Get up and go outside. Yeah, a lot of people putting up their favorite songs from Toby Keith, and that one is, for most people, that's either number one or number two. Um, don't let the old man in. 844-500-4242. It is time. It's a lot of people's favorite segment of the week. It's time to bring in Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. And Toby, I want to start today with you by reading you this headline that I didn't like to see. This is from MassLive.com. Mass Senate overwhelmingly passes gun law reform bill. Next up, House negotiations. Toby, what do you make of this? We've been talking about this for months now, but give us the latest. Yeah, thank you, Grace. Um, It's unfortunate. And by the way, I was a huge Toby Keith fan. I got to say, I should have been a cowboy is like almost an anthem for me. But anyway, <laughs> that's a great uh, song, Toby. May he, yeah. May he rest in peace. But um, this is a terrible, terrible day in Massachusetts for us here. This uh, the way this whole thing has been done. Um, and even the way it you know, was passed in the Senate was uh, Bruce Carr made a very strong argument at first about the fact that this bill had never been debated and they're pretending it had, and they've used language to say that it basically had because they debated so many other gun bills. Right. So just kind of infer from that, right? But the, at the end of the day, we couldn't get four Republicans to stay together on this bill. We have four Republicans in the state Senate. And Bruce Tarr, the Senate minority leader, actually crossed the aisle and voted with 36 Democrats after sounding like he was going to be real tough on this and tried to table it and say it needs more work, it should be studied, it should be debated, which all made sense to me. But then yet, at the end of the day, he goes and votes for it. Um, So it was just posturing. It was a lot of chest pounding. It was a lot of virtue signaling. And at the end of the day, he feels the same as 36 Democrats in the state of Massachusetts about your right to keep and bear arms. And I ask a simple question of the legislators in Massachusetts. Do you think you have the constitutional authority to create a license for freedom of speech or a license to go to church or a permit to protect yourself against illegal searches and seizures? Or maybe, since we're ignoring five Supreme Court decisions, Grace, uh, they will choose to ignore the Supreme Court case that struck down the poll taxes unconstitutional. And in Massachusetts, we love taxes, right? Uh, The legislature has never seen a tax it didn't like. So maybe they'll think about bringing back the poll tax and just, you know, charging people to vote, because that's exactly what they're doing with the Second Amendment. They are so far outside of the 
scope of what they are allowed to do constitutionally. Absolutely. Toby, I'm going to pause you there. We'll continue this conversation and we'll take calls for Toby Leary. More on that when we come back. 844-500-4242. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Big news out of Michigan. Jennifer Crumbly, the mother of school shooter, found guilty of manslaughter in test of who's responsible for a mass shooting. This is from CNN. I am going to ask Toby about this in just a moment, but I want to go to the callers here because people have been waiting on the lines. The number, if you want to join, is 844-500-4242. Let's start with Dave. You're first up with Toby Leary. Go ahead, Dave. Hi, Toby. Thanks for taking my call. So I just uh, took the firearm safety course. A couple questions about the application for my permit. I previously, had a, I previously had a license in Massachusetts in 1990, had a couple of handguns, moved out of state to New York, left the handguns in the possession of my brother, moved back to Massachusetts, never got a permit in New York, moved back to Massachusetts, want to renew my permit. And there's a couple of questions about that on the application, right? I don't know the license. I don't know my previous license number. I don't have it. It's gone. And they ask about also, you know, if you own firearms and stuff. But I want to make sure I answer the questions right so that it doesn't just get thrown out. Well, it's interesting. I don't remember seeing question on the application if you own firearms. I do know there's something about previous license. You could always call the Firearms Record Bureau and maybe they would have the record of your prior license number if it's, uh, if it's critical to be on that form. Or you could just write on the form that you don't remember or do not know or something like that. Um, I don't know why any of that is critical to uh, you being able to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. So a lot of things on the form don't pertain in a post-Bruin world. Uh, so after the, after the Supreme Court decision in 2021... Uh, where we were a may-issue state and now we're a shall-issue state like all the other states. So really, the only thing they can deny you a license for is if you are a prohibited person. So um, if you don't know it, I would just be honest and say, I don't know my prior license number and wouldn't worry about it. Um, but they can't they can't uh, not issue the license if you don't have any uh, a record that would prohibit you federally unless they get into some suitability issue like uh, some, you know, mental health issues or whatever. But um, I don't think that's the case here. So, uh, yeah, good luck with that, Dave. (laughs) Welcome to the horrible process of trying to, uh, you know, uh, exercise your rights in Massachusetts. Thank you for the call, Dave. Peter, you're up next with Toby Leary. Go ahead, Peter. Hey, Toby, how are you? Great, thanks. How are you, Peter? Good. Hey, here's a question for you. My wife and I are both licensed to carry holders. Uh, There's no children in the household. I was wondering, am I required to have everything locked up? Unfortunately, yes, Peter. Um, You know, obviously, making sure your gun doesn't fall into the hands of people who shouldn't have access to it is your own personal responsibility, and it's incumbent upon all of us to recognize that 
with our right to keep and bear arms, with certain responsibilities do do come along with that. However, it shouldn't be a government mandated uh, situation, just like you express. Like you know, you live with you and your wife. There isn't other people in the house. There isn't kids in the house. So you should be able to store them however you see fit. But unfortunately, uh, the state has mandated and they've made it pretty. Uh, serious consequences if you don't store your gun properly. So that doesn't necessarily mean you need to make it inaccessible. It just needs to be uh, unaccessible to those who are prohibited. So get yourself a quick access safe, like a biometric or a RFID type of access safe, and you can still load the gun and keep it in there staged and ready to go. And then you can use technology to access your gun quickly, which is a good way to go anyway for yeah. you know being a responsible gun owner. So um, yeah, hopefully that answers your question, Peter. But by state law, yes, it must be locked up and inaccessible to any unauthorized person. Well, speaking of securing firearms, Toby, I did want to ask you about this case, which is really, uh, it's rare that we see this. And I think this is the first time this has ever happened where a parent of a school shooter is found guilty of manslaughter. And I just wanted to read you the part of this that has to do with the firearm in this case. And for people who don't remember, this was a high school in Michigan in 2021. The mother of the shooter, Jennifer Crumbly, has been found guilty of manslaughter. And I'm reading here from CNN. It says the prosecution argued Jennifer Crumbly is responsible for the deaths because she was grossly negligent in giving her uh, giving a gun to her son, Ethan, who was 15 at the time and failing to get him proper mental health treatments despite warning signs. Um, later in this story, it says the defense argued the blame lay elsewhere on her husband for improperly securing the firearm and on the school for failing to notify her about her son's behavioral issues. But later in this same piece, it says the prosecution accused Crumbly of gifting a gun to her son and improperly storing it. What do you make of this case, Toby? I'm sure you I mean, it's there's so many cases out there. It's hard to follow all of them. But this is a novel legal case as far as, you know, testing. And it says here at CNN, testing the limits of who's responsible for a school shooting. What do you make of this? Mm. Well, I can I can go back and forth on this because, uh, as I just said, it's really incumbent upon responsible gun owners to make sure that people who shouldn't have access to them don't gain access to them. We have the extreme situation of the Newtown shooter who, you know, killed his own mother after getting access to the guns and, you know, putting a gun to her head to basically open the safe. Uh, So, you know, at what point, where does, how does that all work out in court is, is smarter people than me. But um, I do believe in responsible, being responsible for your guns and, you know, limiting access to them to only those who should have access. However, at the end of the day, we've also created this, this culture where personal responsibility is never a thing. You know, we try to say, um, oh, if only someone had done something, then this guy wouldn't have done what he did. At the end of the day, the person who does the evil or bad deed is responsible for the evil or bad deed. And, you know, you can't blame Ford Motor Company or the dealership when the guy in Waukesha, Wisconsin, drove his Ford Escape into the into the Christmas parade. You know, that that doesn't that's not logical. Um, Maybe if he was, uh, I guess the logical comparison would be if he lost his license. And his mom had the keys to his car, but let him have the keys 
that's the same situation, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, how do you blame the mother for the act, uh, the evil act of the child? And I know that guy was older, but still, at the end of the day, it's a horrible situation. Sounds like the kid definitely had mental issues and should have been uh, treated. But we do a horrible job of treating mental illness in our society nowadays since all of the mental institutions have been closed. And the only time someone's actually committed is if they are a, uh, you know, they're about to harm themselves or others. And that's a high threshold. So a a family member cannot get someone committed for evaluation. And, you know, we just do a terrible job as a society with that in this day and age. So it's a mess all the way around. Yeah. You you know what, Toby, when when I see this case, I think that um, as far as the precedent it sets, and we've never seen anything like this before, blaming parents for the actions of their kids, I could understand how it could go down uh, a slippery slope or how there could be problems with it legally in the future. But I will say in this case, the mother was put on the stand and she said she had no regrets about how she handled any of this, which I also find to be completely bizarre, especially given the tragedy, the atrocity that occurred at the hands of her son for her to sit there and say she wouldn't do anything differently when she you know gifted him this gun it's it seems to me to be really really sick um i think people will debate this for a long time though and like you said legal beagles can debate whether or not this was the right move and whether it's going to stand up how we probably if i had to guess we'll do something with the poll question with this today um let's go to the next caller here for toby leary let's do rick you're up next hey toby how you doing good rick how are you got a quick Good. I got a quick question. My wife just got her, I think it's 38 state uh, permit, and then she applied at a local town for her license to carry, and she has her appointment today. I guess they're going to issue it to her, but what kind of questions could she expect from, you know, the issuing uh, agency? One of the most offensive ones, in my opinion, is why do you want a gun permit? Um, (laughs) It's like saying, why do you want to vote? Why do you want to go to church? Why do you want to protect yourself against illegal searches and seizures. Uh, I think the obvious reason is it's my right to keep and bear arms. And number two, um, I shouldn't have to give a reason. That's, you know, none of your business. It's, uh, but honestly, it's probably not going to be a hostile confrontation. Um, they generally will ask if you had any criminal issues in your background. Uh, you know, they They probe and ask. A lot of times they know now that they can't deny you your license to carry for whatever question they ask. So it might be just a matter of fact, want to look you in the eye and say, hey, just wanted to meet you. Take your application. okay? you're, you know, not a criminal. That's good. And, you know, you've taken the class. okay? you know, so it's kind of more of a formality now. But at any rate, it is a infringement on your right to keep and bear arms. And uh, it's definitely unconstitutional, but we have to play the game unless if we want to be able to own a gun in this state. So I would say just have her go through and check the boxes and, uh, you know, tell them as little as possible. I don't see the need to, you know, get verbose about it, but, you know, just say for for any lawful purpose is the reason. So hopefully that helps you, Rick. Um, Most people, it's pretty it's just a formality at this point. Thank you very much, Rick, for the call. Toby, we have other people on the lines. So unfortunately, we got to end it here because we have Howie coming up in just a little bit. Can you tell people, well, let me first of all tell everyone that you can call back next week. We'll get all your questions answered from Toby. But if people have questions, they want to come see you in person, Toby, where can they visit you? Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Grace. Uh, 
come on down to Cape Gunworks in Hyannis. We'd love to see you. And, uh, you know, I can answer any questions you have uh, there. My staff is fully trained. They know a lot of what's going on in the in the world right now as far as laws are concerned and the up, you know, coming debate over the Senate bill that passed. And um, also you can check out our uh, social media on, uh, you know, at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio, wherever you get your social media. I also have Rapid Fire Radio is, is going to air tomorrow between 4 and 6 p.m. If you're listening to Howie, as you should be, definitely catch the replay on it wherever you find, you know, your social media, either on YouTube or uh, Rumble or Twitter, whatever, you'll be able to catch the replay there. And also, I have a new radio show on WXK on Sundays from noon to one called Rapid Fire. Um, I'm good at repurposing the same name. <laughs> and uh, we do take calls there as well. So you can get the live call-in show every Sunday from noon to one. So uh, that's the best way to follow what we do and uh, keep up to date. Um, uh, social media is a great way to do it. And I uh, would love to see it at Cape Dunworks. But uh, we'll see you next week for sure on 2A Tuesday here on the Grace Curly Show. So thanks so much. Yeah, you're a very busy man, Toby. We appreciate your time. <laughs> uh, today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. And you can call 1-844-A-PERFECT-SMILE or visit perfectsmiles.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in, at gracecurlyshow.com is what are the chances CBS offers Trump the NFL championship interview? 0%, less than 25%, 25 to 50%, or over 50%. I would say that because he wants it and because he's vocalized that and he said that, you know, you should interview me instead, that's definitely decreased the chances that they're going to offer it to him because they never want to give Trump what he actually wants. They always do the opposite. But there's there's still a chance because they need ratings. There's no denying that. And by not having Biden, that kind of opens up the slot. And I don't know who else you plop in there. So I'm going to say it's between it's less than 25 percent, but I'm not saying zero. Twelve percent of the audience agrees with you there. Two percent say 25 to 50. Two percent say over 50 and 84 percent say there is zero chance. Man, skeptics out there, 844-500-4242. Someone just let me know that uh, Senator Langford was on with Hugh Hewitt yesterday, and I guess he was he was not happy that Hugh Hewitt called him Jim instead of James. I do have it pulled up. I'm going to try to find oh, it for Howie. Boy. I'm going to try to find it for Howie for his show, so maybe he can enjoy that cut. The judgment of Mitch McConnell is... Once again, astounding. Yes. Uh, Nasa Beach Inn just opened reservations for winter getaways. Jared, you've stayed at the Nasa Beach Inn. You loved it. Love it. And now is a really good time for people to check it out. Not only because it's just a great time of year to get away, to, to do something fun, to do something for yourself, but because the price is right. You can stay there for under $200 this winter. Yeah, you're not going to find that deal anywhere else. Anywhere else, I tell you. Um, Nasa Beach Inn, I, like I said, I love that. It. It's one of the most tranquil places I've ever been. I was down there in winter and you get to, you can enjoy the beach. You can sit outside, you can listen to the beach, your steps from the beach. If you want to walk along the beach and hear the ocean, it's pet friendly. So if you want to bring your dog down, you can bring the dog, walk along the beach. You don't have to really share it with anybody else. 
And if you just want to sit outside and enjoy the outdoors, it's great. They have fire pits. You can stay warm while you're outside. Or if that's a little too cold for you, you can go inside because they have fireplaces in every room and giant picture windows so you get the view, you get the warmth, you get that coziness that you're really looking for that's going to just totally relax you and put you in a great mood. Yeah, and, and one of our texters was asking about restaurants nearby. There's so many great restaurants on the Cape, and so many that are sponsors. Moby Dick's, you have Pate's, you have The Cut. There's just a lot of delicious places nearby that you can go check out and enjoy on Cape Cod. Um, and right now, like I said, go to NossetBeachInn.com to book your room. That's NossetBeachInn.com. We will be right back with Howie Carr. Don't go anywhere. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. Alarm clock starts ringing. Who could that be singing? It's me, baby. Would you wake up? Call. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? Now that I'm on my way, you still think I'm crazy standing here today. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. It's time for the car crossover. And it's brought to you by Tux Trucks. Tux Trucks GMC is your Fisher Plow distributor in Hudson, Mass. It's been freezing out, and we've seen some snow this winter. I'm sure we're going to see more. So get your hands on a plow. If you need a plow for your half-ton pickup, check out the Fisher EZV. It's lightweight, but built strong to handle the demands of a New England winter. Check it out at TuxTrucksGMC.com. Joining me now is Howie Carr. Howie, you know, we've talked a lot about this border bill and how the Democrats are handling it. But I tuned into your show yesterday to hear Chuck Schumer basically threatening the American people that if you don't go along with this massive spending bill, we're going to send your kids into war against Russia. I mean, I've heard a lot, but the subtlety that is lacking here with Chuck Schumer is kind of mind blowing. Well, I, I know. That's why I played the cut over and over again. It's just, it's ridiculous. You know, the Wall Street Journal had an editorial today talking about what a great bill it was. And they didn't even mention Ukraine. It, it's all about Ukraine. I mean, this is just like a fig leaf, this uh, immigration stuff. And, and there's there's nothing in that bill that he couldn't already do. And it doesn't, none of it makes any sense. And he and he's, he's so, uh, Biden's handlers, Biden doesn't know what he's doing, but his, uh, his caregivers, the deep state, are so... Uh, are so confident that they can sell this BS to their low-info voters that it's the Republicans' fault that they're willing to just lie through their teeth. I mean, there's there's nothing in this bill that's worth a damn. You know, it's just more money for this for the same people who were in on the fundamental transformation of America. And and anything, any so-called reforms, he can end at any at any moment. As I said yesterday, this is like signing a purchase and sale agreement where uh, the the seller can decide at any moment he wants to charge you whatever uh, new price he wants to pay. I mean, <laughs> what what's the point? You know, why would anyone agree to this? This guy Langford Langford is a is a real boob. And did you see the uh, did you see the uh, the deposition he gave during in a in a, in a case involving a. Uh, uh, a statutory rape at a at a camp he ran. He, I mean, he didn't have anything to do with it or anything. But he said it was okay for thirteen year old girls to have sex. He yeah, the it was consent fine. to sex. I mean, very what a disturbing. dope. 
Yeah, and Howie also, one of our texters just uh, gave us the heads up that he was on with Hugh Hewitt yesterday, and Hugh Hewitt made the mistake of calling him Jim and not James, and he didn't like that very much. <laughs> I found that sound for you. I'll send yeah. it over when I get off the air. Howie Thank Carr you. is coming up next. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back tomorrow. Do you know who I am?